1: Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
2: Turn with us to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Have your Bible. If someone near you does not have a Bible, be so kind enough as to share your Bible so that they too can see the Word of God for themselves. 1 Samuel, chapter 3. Verses 1 through 21 is our text for this morning. And there are these words. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am. For you call, and he said, "Said Eli, I did not call. Oh, go lie down, Samuel." And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, "Here am I, or here I am, for you call me." He answered, "I didn't call you, my son. Go back and lie down again." Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be If he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your
1: servant hears.
2: And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by the sacrifice or offering forever. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, boy, my son, come here. He answered, here I am. He said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God does so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and he had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground and all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I want to preach from this particular text the priority of listening to God. The priority of listening to God. There are many voices in life coming at us from all direction. Voices on the television, voices on the radio, voices in the neighborhood, uh, voices in the the marketplace where you work. Uh, They're saying all kinds of things. For example, there is the voice of sexual temptation, which says, come and lie with me. Then there's the voice of pornography that says, come, look at me. There's the voice of the alcoholic or the social drinker that says, come now and drink with me. The voice of the drug dealer says, come, partake of my substance and I'll send you high in the sky. The voice of the cheater says, come, take the shortcut. The voice of your own ego says, I have my rights, and I'm free to do whatever I want. The voice of entertainment says, come, play with me. I will give you good pleasure. Live it up. Enjoy me. Have it your way. And the voice of the rebellious says, you can't make me. Wow, beloved, what voice are you listening to? All these voices coming at you from all different races, all different places, in different direction. But in the midst of all these voices, can you, beloved, hear the voice of God, my friend? We are living in very dangerous times. And it's extremely important that you know when God is speaking and obey him. For we live in a day when many are doing whatever is right in their own eyes. Which will bring about their own imminent physical and spiritual demise. In this particular chapter, God calls Samuel and shares with him the coming judgment upon Eli's house. Also, we can glean principles that will teach us how to listen to the voice of God of God. And the reason so many, even in the Lord's house, are not where you ought to be today is because you've been led astray by strange voices. Just because it sounds good does not necessarily mean it is good. Just because people are oratorical and sound so persuasive and can move your emotions does not necessarily mean that it is the voice of God you see the voice of God does not necessarily make you feel good you know there's a lot of voices one listen I, and you're not here today for me to tickle your fancy and to make you feel good you are here today to hear ye a word from the Lord Let me ask you a profound question. When is the last time that you actually heard the voice of God and you knew it was God speaking to you? Are you so far away from God that you don't even know when he is speaking? Are you so much into yourself, where you want to go, what you want to do, how you want to do it? It's all about the me syndrome until you and your ego has drowned out the voice of almighty God. My friend, what must I do to make listening to God a priority in my life? How many of you want listening to God to be a priority in your life? You want to hear God speaking to your heart, you want to know when he's speaking, and you don't want to be led and deceived in such a way that you can't even differentiate or be able to discern when the Lord is speaking to you. Number one, if you're going to make uh, listening to God a priority, you have to consider this. Listening to the voice of God involves knowing him personally. (laughs) How are you going to listen to somebody you don't know? If somebody was riding or walking next to you, and then all of a sudden they said, you know, I got something to tell you, and they start talking to you and telling you all this stuff, how much you're going to believe them? You say, you know what? Are oh, they knock on your door and they start telling you all this strange stuff? Do you buy everything you hear? Most of the time, hopefully if you've got any common sense, you're not going to buy into what everybody's saying because, number one, you don't even know them. You don't, you, how are you going to trust somebody you don't even know so listening to the voice of God involves knowing the Lord personally. Uh, John 10:27, the Gospel of John, verse 10:27, says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." If you're not following Jesus, maybe it's because you don't even know Jesus, because you have to know Him personally before you can follow Him intimately. In other words, in order to to know the voice of God, you have to, first of all, come into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and my sins. You must believe that he was buried according to the scripture, and you must believe that he rose third day. you got to believe that, and then you have to live a life that reflects what you believe. And until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and believe him with all your mind, all your heart, your soul, your strength, listen, it is impossible to hear God. You see, beloved, apart from Christ, your spiritual ears are deaf and it is impossible to hear the voice of God when you are lost and away from God. First, you got to come to God before you can hear God his voice and let me tell you something speaking of this God is not going to yell at you if you want to hear the voice of God you've got to quieten yourself you've got to still yourself you've got to let God be God in your life before you can hear him speak deaf ears cannot hear God blind folk cannot see the move of God Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was what? Lost, but now I'm found. Was what? Blind, but now I see. Jesus is the only one that can open your eyes so that you can see the kingdom of God. Jesus is the only one that can unstop your spiritually deaf ears in order that you can hear as you never heard before the things of almighty god what must i do to make listening to god a priority in my life number 2 listening to god and serving god should start in our childhood listening to god and serving god should start in our childhood you know why it is so hard for for many adults to hear god it's because that was not nurtured in your childhood you see, when it is nurtured in your childhood, then the lifestyle of listening become normalcy in one's life. Look at verse 1 of 1 Samuel 3, uh, the A clause. It says, now the, what kind, the boy, said, underline boy, and this is not your Bible. Uh, underline boy. Now the boy, Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli. Samuel was a boy Josephus the great Jewish historian says that perhaps he was about as early as 12 or maybe a young teenager but he was a boy look at verse 4 it says that the Lord called Samuel he answered here I am look at verse 6 of first Samuel 3. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me, he answered. I did not call my son. Lie down again. Look at verse 8. It says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me Eli. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. He called Samuel. God called Samuel as a boy. And yet he called Moses in his aching 80s. He was 80 years old when he called. In other words, God calls the young and the old. There's no such thing as you're too young to be used by God, and there's no such thing as you're being too old to be used by God. There's no such thing as you're sitting back in a spiritual rocking chair and saying, I paid my dues. Listen, the Bible says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. The scripture says in Revelation 2, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Is no discharge on this side. We are not to be a wall in the kingdom of God. We are to be proactive in our faith to the glory of God. Why don't you say Amen? I'll tell you something else about God called Samuel. He didn't say, "Oh, I got to go find that boy. Is he under the bed? Uh, is he outside around the corner?" Well, Samuel, well, you? I ain't seen you all day. Well, uh, no, you know what? God knew Samuel's address. Knew where to find it. Listen, when God wants you, He know how to get you. Tell me you don't know how to get you. I was 18 years old when God called me to preach. I said, "Oh, I don't want to be no preacher boy at 18. I'm just 18 years old. I don't want to be called no reverend. I mean, I ain't got to college yet." I started running from God and didn't want to deal. I didn't want to be no preacher. I ran, but God, that's a whole story by itself. I can't go into details all that. We'll have to do that another day. But, but I ran, but God healed me in, still called me, and I've been preaching ever since. I've been preaching since 1979, and I'm so glad about it. Matter of fact, when I started preaching, hey amen, when, when I started preaching, I wondered what it took me so long. I enjoyed so much I wouldn't want to do anything else. You can give me $10 million to do something else. I know I am in my calling and God's perfect will. It is in my very soul. Why? Because God put it there. God knows your address. Parents, listen up, parents. One of the wisest things you can do for your children is to pray for them, direct them to the Lord for decisions and issues that they will be confronted with, and teach them how to wait on the Lord. He will speak only if you would listen. Parents, let me ask you this. When is the last time your child came to you with an issue? And it was a critical issue, perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe it was about something in school. Maybe it was about a decision. Maybe it was about something they wanted to do. And you told them, I'm going to pray with you, but I'm going to send you back to the Lord so that you can hear what God is saying. Because, honey, let me tell you something, sweetheart. Mama's not going to be with you always. If your dad is in the house, your dad is not going to be with you always, and I, this, is a, this is a crazy world a lot of voices out there and I want you to be stable in an unstable world and I want to teach you in your youth how to go back to God. Parent, when was the last time your child came to you with an issue and you prayed with them and sent them back to God and say now in a two or three days come back to me and let me know what the Lord has told you. You see? And you know what I'm afraid of? I might mighty afraid that your children can't go to God because the parents aren't going to God. How can children go to God for decision making processes if the parents are not going before the Lord? When is the last time your child saw you on your knees, daddy? Mama, you ought to be a praying mama. When is the last time your child saw you going to God? if the parents aren't going to God, don't expect the children to go to God for critical decisions and even small, minute decisions. Another thing, it says the boy Samuel, you know, uh, he was a boy. Samuel served in the temple as a boy. Uh, Look at 1 Samuel 2.18. Go back one chapter from chapter 3 back to chapter 2, and look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18. There's something profound in that text that you need to see. And some of y'all read your Bibles too fast. You need to read it slowly. Don't speed read the Bible. It's not to be speed read. you miss all this truth. The Bible is pregnant with truth, and God wants you to get it so you can grow up in him. Amen? Look what it says in verse 18 of chapter 2, 1 Samuel. But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a what? Even as a what? Say it a little bit louder. Even as a what? Wearing a linen ephod. Say linen ephod. Linen ephod. Say it again. A little bit louder. When is the last time you said a word called linen ephod? <laughs> you say, well, what is a linen ephod? It is priestly, beautiful garments that Samuel wore in the house of God before the Lord. Parents, you say this is about the children, but this, this is also about parents. Your children are not too young to serve the Lord. And they are, if they're not too young to be used by the devil, they're not too young to be used by God. Amen? I'm talking about my child's too young. You bring them up to the church and you let them be used by God. Matter of fact, you got the first opportunity at your child. And if you don't take advantage to give them kingdom opportunities, Satan is waiting in the wings to do everything you should have done. And his will be for the purpose of bringing your own babies to spiritual ruins. You see, coming to the Lord's house is not optional for children living in your house. John, do you think you want to come to church today, baby? Wait a minute. What kind of questions? Send questions you ought not be asking your children. You ought to say, listen, I'm going at this time, and you be ready. Some things are not optional. Amen? Amen. They eating your cooking, sleeping in your bed, flushing your toilets. Amen. Living under your roof, then they ought to go to church on the Lord's day. Amen? Why don't you say amen? Not optional, not optional. Parents, when your church, listen, you parents, I how many of y'all parents in here? Raise your hand. I don't care if your children grown, raise your hand. And, and So you know what to do with your grandchildren if you messed up with your children.
1: <laughs>
2: parents! Parents, 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 parents. When your church attendance is poor, your children will soon learn that coming to worship in the house of God on the, Lord, on the Lord's day really doesn't matter. You come now and then, and just enough to keep your name on the church roll so you won't be removed. You come every other Sunday once a month. Amen. You don't breathe every other Sunday. Amen. Amen. You don't eat and go a whole week without eating. Huh? You know, does God use an every-other-week principle on your heartbeat? Where where, where y'all go now? What about the function of your internal organs and all those things on your eye blink? I'm going to let your eye blink every other week. (laughs) Or I'm going to let it blink late. You know, so you blink your eye, and it's supposed to blink another second, but it can't blink for another ten minutes because God's tardy on your eye blink. I'm going to let you be late on your being able to swallow your own slobber. You going want to swallow, but I ain't going to let you because I'm a late God. See, think about it. So you're going to get laid on God and decide what you want to do with your little puny self. After all, God has been to you, good, how good He's been to you. I mean, you don't have what you have because you're that intelligent. You have what you have because of the grace of Almighty God. Some of y'all sitting up here and you've forgotten where you've come from. And I'm telling you today, mamas and daddies, you, your children ought are, are not be an option. they coming on the Lord's Day. And listen, you don't send them by somebody else. You bring them. You bring them. You authorized to bring them. God holds you responsible for bringing your children to the Lord's house on the Lord's day. If you don't give them a foundation, and should they stray, they won't have nothing to come back to. But if they strayed after you've given them a foundation, at least they have something they can come back to, because you gave them a legacy. And then, too, look, in that verse it says, look, uh, what was he wearing? What was that word again? A linen ephod. Say it again. Say it one more time. Little old boy Samuel had on his priestly garbs, his priestly dress. The boy looked quite nice ministering to the Lord, just sitting around being in the house of God looking appropriately. There's some spiritual principles that's in that linen ephod business And I better go and give it to you because some of y'all just ride past the word. I don't know that word. Go on by it. But there's some principles in that. And the first thing I want to say is that Samuel dressed respectfully in the Lord's house. When you come to God's house, I'm not saying you have to look like I look, but you ought to be decent. It doesn't matter to me whether you wear slacks and shirt. But you're not coming here looking like you're going to a a volleyball game. Folk ought to be able to distinguish that is something about you. There's a sense of uniqueness about you. You don't go, if you had a meeting with president, how would you dress? You're going to go in there some slides and some thongs and some shorts. Amen. No. But how much more the king of kings and lord of lords? There ought to be some dignity about yourself. We ought to prepare to meet our God. He's a great God. Samuel dressed respectfully in the Lord's house. I tell you so much about Samuel in this linen ephod business. Samuel dressed for success. Samuel dressed for success. How you dress sends a message about yourself and what you want to become. How you dress, you know. Sometimes you can stereotype your own self because people pick up certain messages about you
1: and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.